1: This is the Sooner Sports Podcast, your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort, Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now here is your host, Chris Plank, and welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. He's Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank. Meg McDonald, our producer. Is Tilly still around? Is he still directing this thing or no? Zach Tilly, overly excited Lions fan at 2-0-1. Oh, overly excited Colts fan at 2 I and one I haven't said
2: anything. How do you know I'm overly excited? You have to be, First right? First place in Indianapolis Colts. No, do isn't. Right. <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> Tilly should be excited, and I am a depressed Raiders fan, but today we're, we're all, all Sooners fans. We're all Sooners fans now, and we, after the bye week, we're back in action. So thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, for those that catch the podcast live, we're all about your questions and your interactions. So we throw it out on Facebook, we throw it out on Twitter. We want to know what you learned through the first three weeks. We want to know questions you have going forward, thoughts on this team, what stood out, what's caught your eye. All of those things that. I don't know. We used to do on sports radio and now we do on Twitter and Facebook. So, yeah, that's let's right. go. Are you excited for this week? Are you getting back in game mode? I,
2: I, I am. Uh, the bye week is fantastic. It's good to get <laughs> rested up a little bit and uh, get some naps. But no, I'm ready. I miss you guys. I miss Tuesday nights at Rudy's with Lincoln and, and Teddy and the crew and uh, doing this show with you. And, and I'm looking forward to the next three. We got three straight 11 a.m. kickoffs coming our way. Got me beating the uh, dress
1: again today. I got to start breaking out my jacket for this show, No, 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 no.
2: Well, we do the press conference show right before this, and I got to wear a suit for that. Oh, that's right. So I think people understand. I think they get it. And you've got to wear this for your your interviews over across the way with Jalen Hurts and Creed Humphrey and Neville Gallimore today. So we're just showing up in what we do.
1: So we're going to get into a lot today. We're going to talk about the uh, presser and what we learned from the Lincoln-Riley presser moments ago, Uh, Jalen Hurts' focus, I thought I had a good interview with Jalen today. I thought he was great with the media. Can't wait to share some of that. Things that maybe have surprised us through the first three games. We're going to dive into a little bit of a defensive report card and look forward to Texas Tech. But, you know, I was thinking about this. Whenever Meg McDonald and I were putting together this little chizzo, I realized we haven't had a chance to talk about UCLA
2: yet yeah, in all. And I'm right. not
1: talking about UCLA's crazy come from behind against Washington well, We kind of did
2: last week. We did a podcast last week, remember?
1: Well, that's true. We didn't it just do the wasn't aside, on video. Uh, yeah. Of yeah. things. But, yeah, on the video side, though, for this week, pretty impressive to go out there in and beat this sudden juggernaut well, that I, is
2: UCLA. I mean, that's the story now is, you know, look what UCLA did Saturday night against Washington State.
1: That was impressive. Uh, there, It was
2: made even uh, 50 points and a half. Mm-hmm. 50 points in 19 minutes of football is impressive if it's, you know, the Chicago Bears against the Pee Wee League. <laughs> Bears was probably the wrong team to pick. The New England Patriots. There you go. But for a UCLA team to do it that looks so anemic the first three and a half games of the year is what made it uh, shocking. It was shocking. But I thought it was a TCB win for Oklahoma in Los Angeles. See, they went out there and took care of business. And when you go play somebody on their field in a primetime game, when it, you know, we talked about it going in, this is the opportunity for Chip Kelly to get a statement win for his, uh, you know, for his program. And OU just kind of squashed that hope from the very beginning. That opening drive, they go 89 yards, 99 on the ground for Jalen Hurts. Punch it in, jumped on top of them, held their head underwater for the rest of the day. They played solid football on offense, didn't turn it over, ran the ball uh, well for over 300 yards again, threw the ball at a high rate again, did everything that we've become so accustomed to at Oklahoma. And defensively, uh, they held them to 14 points, Turned him over twice, forced a missed field goal, turned him over on downs, played another solid game defensively. Made a couple of field goals, covered well. So, like, all around, a game on the road, post a 48-14 win, and there's really nothing that you can look at and say, even the penalties were down. Uh, There's really nothing you can look at and say, that didn't go well. Take it. Yeah. You know?
1: TCB, I'm glad you said that because I was about to Google it up. (laughs) <laughs>
2: just to make sure I had it. Taken take care of, care of, business. of business. Sometimes right. you play a team that you're supposed to beat, and you just got to go beat them. Right. I mean, I think that's the case Saturday. You know, that's probably the case when they go to Kansas. Don't, don't trip up. Don't let Iowa State happen right. from a couple of years ago. Don't fall victim to your own success and
1: overlook somebody. Just go take care of business. Sooners have won six straight Big Twelve openers and ten of its last eleven. Their last lost Open Big 12 play came in 2012 against Kansas State and Norman in a game that we can debate until the cows come home, if they could have, should have won that game as well, with Blake Bell on the one-yard line. But regardless, that's ancient history. We've got what Texas Tech this What time do the cows week. come home? Do they have a curfew? This is a good question. Is that a sunset thing? I think it might be a sunset. I've never thing. lived on a farm. Have, uh, nor have I, but I've heard the analogy it enough. Seems I just like like it seems like that would be a
2: sunset thing. Like Sun so. goes down, they head into the
1: barn. Well, you know what I'm going to be doing whenever we dive into our first topic? Googling up when the cows actually do come home. I don't want
2: to debate it until 6 p.m. or 8 p.m. tonight. Really make Meg mad. Like,
1: drag this out as long as we can debate it. Never seen Meg getting it. Presser, what did we learn today from the Lincoln Riley Presser that just wrapped up? You can get it at Soonersports.com slash podcast coming up here in moments. But uh, Lincoln Riley touched on just about everything from the bye week. I think the big
2: news nugget coming out of this is that Kenneth Mann is back this week, uh, has, has not played yet this year. And uh, Lincoln confirms that he will play against Texas Tech. So the rich get richer. I mean, the defensive line was, was deep, the deepest position on right. defense. And now they get back a guy who has uh, experience, a senior, who has racked up a bunch of sacks in his career. I'm excited for Kenneth for this reason. Uh, two years ago, when he was not the starter, When he was brought in on third down situations just to rush the quarterback, he was great. He had five sacks, came up with a huge play against Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Last year, he moved into a starter's role, and we all projected big things for him. And he had some big plays. The interception against Army was one of the biggest plays of the year. But he, he took a bit of a step back, I think everyone would agree. Now, he's back in a spot now where Alex Grinch is going to rotate a bunch of guys. They're already playing seven, eight guys regularly. Throw Kenneth Mann into that mix. Eight, nine guys are going to rotate there. He's probably going to see Saturday maybe 10 snaps, you know, 10, 12 snaps maybe. So he can go back into that role where maybe he's a third down guy and you just got to pin your ears back and go try to get a quarterback and be disruptive. And I think he'll uh, have a chance to, succeed at a high level doing that
1: voted as a captain last year yeah um, I, I really He's a good I th- player I, th- I think we're gonna talk about him a little bit more in depth later on fun guy we got to know him a little bit in some of our postgame interviews last year but I don't think he was ever and I know Teddy Lehman would argue you're never truly 100% healthy but I don't know if he was ever 100% healthy last yeah, year I think he I battled a, a bit of a leg injury so Good to get him back. And you mentioned that rotation. So now you're thinking about guys like Ronnie Perkins, who has already stood out quite a bit, Marcus Stripling, uh, Isaiah Thomas, names like uh, Leron Stokes. So I would imagine we'd probably see Kenneth a little bit more on the outside. Uh, I'm excited to see that rotation. And that's one thing that you and I talked about in our podcast last week. It's hard to get used to, it's getting hard. It's getting easier, but it's hard to get used to whenever you're watching in that first half and certain defensive linemen like, say, Ronnie Perkins that you're used to seeing out there, and he's not. It's like, wait a minute, is Ronnie hurt? What's going on? Or Kenneth Murray? They're going to rotate a lot of guys. They're going to play a lot of players, and that gets you excited when you're able to add someone like Kenneth Mann to that depth.
2: It's a little bit of a basketball strategy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you can get, um, I was going to say Buddy Heald, but let's just use current, if you can get Christian Doolittle and Brady Manick, some rest in the first half. They're going to be better down the stretch. If, if they're playing 25 minutes as opposed to 35 minutes, they're going to have fresher legs, and that jump shot's going to be a little more pure. I mean, that's the philosophy that Alex Grinch has on defense. Rotating on the defensive line is, is you know, that's not that new. A lot of teams try to do that when they can. The um, luxury Oklahoma has this year is that they have that many Talented players that they can rotate that deep. It's the rotation at linebacker and at cornerback that we're not used to seeing, that a lot of teams don't do, that is, uh, I think, throws people for a loop. When Kenneth Murray leaves a game in the second quarter, you assume he's hurt. Right, exactly. You're the sideline guy. Yeah, I'm You're running looking all around the to place, see if
1: he's hurt. See what's wrong. When
2: Jaden Davis comes in for Parnell Motley or for Trey Brown, the first assumption when it happened, now I think we're used to it now. The first assumption was somebody's dinged up. Right. Well, the fact of the matter is this is the way Alex Grinch wants to play it. I like it. I think when you couple it with, with this offense that by nature tends to have a higher snap rate, um, then and it's probably going to be beneficial for this team down the line. Alex
1: Grinch, Thursday, Coach's Corner. Oh, cool. Don't miss it. Awesome. Makes his debut. In fact, all of the new coaches have set podcast downloads records, so no pressure. Coach Grant. wow, no pressure. All right, Jalen Hurts, we've seen that incredible focus. Uh, seemed as if he opened up a little bit more today during his press conference, but I just think this is a guy that has one goal, and that's to win a championship right now. And you know, I guess it never really registered to me how many different offensive coordinators he's had. But you think back to Alabama, and oh, he had Elaine Kiffin, he had Steve Sarkeesian. he had you—you you name it. He had a little bit of everybody. Uh, Dan Enos was there for a little bit. So he's had to go through a lot, but I, I'm starting to get the sense more and more that this leadership is resonating more so in the locker room than maybe we even realize, Toby. Do you think it's uh, it's catching on? It's resonating with this team? I do.
2: I think it is uh leaders leadership slash personality. Um I think he is a leader, without a doubt. But The way he goes about just kind of taking care of business, uh, not getting too high or too low, I think rubs off on guys. Um, And it was a little different early. And we're all kind of becoming used to his personality. But I don't think you can be around him and not adopt kind of a similar stance. His play against UCLA, I thought, was the most impressive he's had so far. And he was great in the first two games of the year. But this is a road game, not a hostile environment. But still, he was wise. I mean, he was very wise with when he chose to run. Um, when he the, the, the reads, he, I saw him several times go to a second or a third receiver. He would stretch plays out. Uh, this is just a brilliantly designed play here. CD kind of lulls somebody to sleep and then uh, Jalen hits him behind the defense. But I agree, and, and you got a good nugget out of him in your interview today at the press conference when you asked him about not letting the praise get to his head or something like that and he said when you have had the worst said about you it's easy not to let the best that's said about you go to your head and that's really true I mean he has played at Alabama he's lost his job at Alabama he's in the heart of the SEC uh you know the Paul Fonbaum show and everything that goes into the SEC Mm -hmm. uh he's had a lot of Probably not very nice things said about him. And if you have to have the ability to not pay attention to that, then the opposite of that is the ability to not pay attention to the good things that are said about you as well. So it might not be easy for some guys when they are the leader in the Heisman race to uh, ignore Twitter or ignore the talk shows or ignore the praise. I think it's easier for him to do that because of everything he's been through.
1: Grab poison shirts, man. Print them. We'll sell them like crazy. Put a little OU logo on them. We'll all be rich. All right. Surprising things. We talked about Jalen's focus and his leadership. We're going to talk about a defensive report card in a bit. We've had a bye week to kind of soak everything up. We're through three games. Toby Rowland, has there been anything that surprised you? And and real quick, for me personally, I think we talked a lot about what surprised me, and that is that rotation on defense. But as we've got used to that and we continue to get used to it, what surprised you through three games? Hmm. Anything? I would say um, slightly
2: surprised Grant Calcaterra hasn't played a bigger role so far.
1: What, three catches so far this year?
2: I think it's maybe four, three three or four. Um, He had two for 20 going out to UCLA, and I believe he had two catches in in Pasadena.
1: Correct, four for 60 yards.
2: But hasn't been a major factor in what they've done. Uh, But, you know, that's really nitpicking when you look at certainly everything this this offense has done, maybe a little surprised at how much Jalen has run the ball. Uh, I think that everybody kind of, especially in that opening game, said, wow, he's carried it 16, 17 <laughs> times. They've dialed it back a little since then, but mm-hmm. I would say maybe a, a little surprised about that. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, defensively if there have been – Jaden Jay Davis, Davis is a surprise. Yeah, I, I think that he has played so well that it's – you know, it's kind of becoming hard not to have him on the field more. Uh, so, he's been a, a great surprise for me on defense.
1: You know what surprised me is how physical Jalen runs because it's so unique for a yeah. quarterback. It's different, isn't it? I mean, there's there's the Taysom Hills of the world. You know, we saw it with Blake Bell. And Tebow was mm-hmm. kind of like that. But it's almost as if you have the belldozer every single down for Oklahoma, honestly. And maybe, no offense, Blake, maybe a little bit faster and a little bit shiftier. So, he seeks contact when
2: he runs. You look at him there. That's just kind of gliding. Yep. He doesn't. He, he covers a lot of ground quickly because he is taller. He's got the long legs. Uh, it, you know, there was a puff of smoke behind Kyler Murray when he ran. Right. Where is a it blur in live action? It's not that way, but he still covers ground quickly with those gliding strides. Watch this touchdown run. I don't know how many steps he takes between the 30-yard line and the goal line, but it just kind of just kind of loping, and no, he's pulling away from people there. So um, I, the, I would agree with you. The weapon he has been as a runner is bigger than I anticipated it being. I thought he would be a weapon, not this big of a weapon.
1: You know what? I, I'll add this as well to it. I've been really pleasantly surprised with the development of Eric Swenson at left tackle. And again, I we have someone on our broadcast and Gabe Eichert, who is obviously keen into what that offensive line is doing. And I think Gabe would even tell you as Coach Beanbow maybe sometimes the most critical. And that's your position. No doubt you want to see it. Yeah. They, they can be very critical of it and they want to see it be the best it can be, but I've been impressed with that. And how about this? We talked to Creed Humphrey. Creed is getting a little bit of a rest. You know, it's not yeah. just the defense. I think, I think everybody realizes that Creed Humphrey is probably going to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. Got to develop something there. Yeah, so you've got to get something behind him. And so far in Ian McIver, the walk-on, even though he's got to get his snaps down a little bit, I think seeing him develop has been big for this team, not necessarily in 2019, but looking ahead at 2020 and and maybe beyond if Creed decides to go to the NFL draft. So you've seen that rest extend beyond just what they're doing on the defensive side of the football
2: Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All-state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.
1: So that's, that's really as far as surprises. Here's the least surprising thing at all, right? 3-0. Oh. <laughs> Starting the season undefeated because that's what you got to do. Things if have you gone want the title. Things
2: have gone really according to script. You know, the offense mm-hmm. has looked powerful like always. The defense has turned. Uh, they didn't get any turnovers in the opener, but they've gotten five since then. And um, played well. And and really, you know, knock on wood, so far, injuries have been kept at a minimum. Got guys coming back that were injured now early in the year, Kenneth Mann. So I think so far, so good. I mean, it's gone well.
1: You know, we have an injury tent now. Thankfully it hasn't been used yet. Do you Not have before. a pass to that tent? I don't know. I need to double check. I got to make sure oh. that I might be able to peek my head in now and then. I've always I've been watching all the sideline reporters whenever they're around the injury tent. I mean, do I need a, an extra pass? Is there like a wristband do you get a hand stamp to get in there or I something? I think that's so funny. Like
2: <laughs> Can you imagine in basketball if somebody rolls an ankle and then they just pop up a big tent on <laughs> the sideline over there?
1: First like, year we've had
2: it. We can't let anyone know what body part. <laughs> has been injured
1: what's caught on the defensive side of the football point number four we want to talk about tonight defensive report card so far and if you go into any game expecting a shutout and zero yards like I think some faction of every fan base does you're naturally going to be disappointed mm-hmm. but that's just not the reality of the world we live in offensively right now I've been impressed I think they've yeah. exceeded expectations so far I don't think you can't
2: I, I don't think it's possible to not be impressed so far. Did I say that right? I yeah, did I think you did. Double negatives. Yes. Yeah, it's um, – they've looked really good. I think it is fair to still – until we get past Texas to be living in this so far so good wait and see attitude. I, I That's not being too harsh, I don't think. But at the same time, I think it is perfectly fair to say what you have seen so far has been – very encouraging the uh, amount of pressure in the backfield uh the rallying to the football the tackling hasn't been perfect but it's been better than it was a year ago the number of or the lack of guys just running free in the secondary i shouldn't say that right as that play popped up as ucla gets a, <laughs> a nice gain there but uh, been much fewer than a year ago the forced turnovers they forced five turnovers through three games, they had 11 all of last year. Um, so all of those things, we, you can individually point at some guys who, Ronnie Perkins and Kenneth Murray, that opening game, the way he's flying around, and we mentioned Jaden Davis. Buki had the great game against South Dakota. Uh, Parnell Motley, I think, still ranks up top in the country in defending passes. So, so far, it has been very good, and it's very encouraging. But, you liked that play, didn't you? Yeah, Q Overton running that guy down from behind <laughs> But, I, again, until you get past the Texas game and until you – and Texas Tech, to be fair, Texas Tech is a team that put 46 points on them last year and Jet Duffy quarterback, quarterbacked a lot of that game. So, until you get past some of these big 12 teams that put up big yardage, big score totals on you a year ago, and you continue to see quality defense like this played, then I think you can start to say there is definite improvement for Oklahoma defensively.
1: Yeah. Time will tell. Time is the ultimate test in this conference with where you are defensively. And speaking of Texas Tech, let's wrap up this edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast Live before we get to your questions with a very – I don't know, kind of basic preview of what Texas Tech might look like. Matt Wells comes in after spending, I think, six years at Utah State. He brings in Keith Patterson, who was a longtime defensive coordinator, not just in college football, but some, spent some time in West Virginia. The Big 12, Kerry Cooks, mm-hmm. who was a defensive backs coach at Oklahoma and co-defensive coordinator for a while, is now on Tech staff. But, oh, did they lose a very impressive quarterback in Alan Bowman, who looks mm-hmm. to be gone for at least, what, six to eight weeks with that yeah. shoulder injury? I feel terrible for that kid. I mean, he has. Has there been
2: anybody who's been through more than him? He can sling it the too. The last two years, he's, he's a, impressive. He's a very good passing quarterback, and um, that hurts them. That hurts them a lot that he's out. Uh, I they're a mystery to mm-hmm. me. I mean, I don't really know what's going to come in here on Saturday. They looked really good defensively for the first two games of the year, and okay against Arizona, where they hold them to 28 points, I think. So you know. They've looked pretty good defensively. I think maybe they're a little better on that side of the ball. I, I thought they'd put 60 on the board against Arizona on offense, and they were held to 14. So you combine a new coaching staff and and a little different philosophy than Kingsbury had and, uh, and now a different quarterback than we anticipated, and I think they're a giant mystery walking in here. It looks to me just fundamentally gauging them from afar, that they're a little better defensively and not quite as good offensively. It seems not, wild to say about Texas Tech, doesn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure they have the superstar playmaker on the offensive side of the ball that they have had in some recent years. Right. Um, but that's three games, and we could see a guy bust out for 200 yards on Saturday. I hope not. But that would be my amateur assessment of what we've seen.
1: By the way, you always get the final three questions of the show. But real quick, before we get to the Jalen question, Meg, I did have my man Rob DeRossett in Tulsa check in, and he is as diehard as they come, and he wants to know if there's any chance you think Jaden Davis could take some snaps at the nickel back position. If there is one thing that we did learn today in the Lincoln-Riley press conference, because I don't know how this started, but the, the rumor mill was buzzing about Trajan Bridges working at safety. We did learn one thing, I thought, is that maybe more often than we even realize, Lincoln Riley's not afraid to move guys around to different Tinker. positions. Tinker was a term that they used. So, yeah. I think Jaden Davis is a corner. I mean, I think he's going to play corner. But he he's a physical corner, that's for sure. I think that if they
2: felt like the nickel was a problem, and I don't, I'm not, I don't know that they do, but if that point came that you would probably uh, test – Corners there before you test safeties there. So, Trey Brown, because there's more cover skills involved, I think. That's a good point. Trey Brown, Parnell Motley,
1: Jordan Parker,
2: Mm -hmm. um, Jaden Davis. Woody
1: Washington, maybe. Woody Washington
2: would all be possibilities. Uh, We saw Buki have a great game against uh, South Dakota when he got the pick six. I got a gnat flying around here. Get it. Good job. I got it. That's disgusting. Um... (laughs) And not as good of a game against UCLA. Chance Sylvie had a very promising uh, fall. And so I think – I don't think that necessarily any move is ready to be made. But just to answer the question, could Jaden Davis be given a look there? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I I don't mean to – be on the fence, but I think any of those corners could be looked at there. And,
1: and, and we have to be on the fence because it's pure speculation yeah. right? more than anything else. All right, here's well, good... Lincoln's
2: not calling us up saying, hey, you're not going to believe what I'm doing in practice
1: today. He can, though, if he wants. We'd be more than We'd happy to give that. our opinion. Uh, Jalen Hurts' question. I think this is a good one. Uh, is Jalen a true Heisman candidate since OSU has won the last two? I've been a firm believer. Oh, you. You said OSU. Oh, my gosh. There yeah. is, I saw the S on the has. Usually Ouch. I let you slide on those. You that one had that. to be corrected. Edit that part out. Yeah. Don't put it on the actual replay of the podcast. Um, I thought that it would be a challenge for anyone at Oklahoma to win a second Heisman. And Kyler went out and did it. Uh, a third one, impossible. But Jalen's story is one that I think right. a That's lot of people can get behind.
2: He's so well-liked, coast to coast that he might be the only guy that could pull it off. Like, I'm not sure if, if Tanner Mordecai or Spencer Rattler were off to the exact same start this year, that they would have as good of a chance as Jalen Hurts has because yep. of the Jalen Hurts story. Right. People uh, across the country very publicly saw him lose his job in the middle of a national championship game and are rooting for him. And so I think that gives him a legitimate chance. I, I definitely, to answer the question, he is a true Heisman contender. He now, is. there's a lot of good ones out there. Oh, yeah. So there's a long ways to go in this thing, but he is definitely a
1: contender. I think, I think right now, this is way too early to be talking about Heisman it. trophy conversations, but here we go. I think Jalen's in that mix. I think Tua Tungo Bailoa has put up incredible numbers so far for Alabama. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence, even though he hasn't looked all that great, is going to be in the mix because of how good Clemson is. We're going to fall in love with Joe Burrow, I think, as the mm-hmm. season progresses yep. at LSU. He's, really he's played worthy of that so far. Yeah. Uh, so I think you're going to see four to five guys. And listen, if things continue to roll for Jonathan Taylor in Wisconsin, you
0: know, yeah, you, you put up true. a
1: performance like that, I think they very much could be in the mix to get it back to the running back. All right, question number two. I think this is a good one that you guys can submit them on Twitter. We're at Addo you on the air. And, of course, on Facebook, did we already chase out all the students that came in? Like, the, the they came in for like two seconds and they're already gone. How big is the return of Kenneth Mann is the question. I think we talked a lot about Kenneth on this podcast. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think it's
2: big from a, a depth perspective and an experienced pass rusher perspective. Right. This is a guy who already knows what he's doing, who uh, can, can be a, a good leader for those guys, and is capable of going and getting you – I mean, we still got three-fourths of the season to go. This is a guy who can go get you five to seven sacks still on the year. My hunch is he'll be a third-down specialist, kind of like we saw uh, a couple of years ago out of of him. Gear up for 10 to 15 plays a game and go get you some quarterback. So I think that's what we'll see, and you can never have – I mean, there's going to be some attrition there. I hope not. I wish not. But there's gonna be some guys that get dinged as the year goes along and the deeper you can be, the better it is. So I think it helps.
1: And I think he adds some leadership as well too. I mean, this was a guy that if we haven't brought up was a captain, you know, the last couple of or last season for Oklahoma. So I think he's I think he's the kind of guy that can definitely go out and be that third down pass rusher. There's the big play, by the way, from the army game last year he still had had a huge play in the Oklahoma State game yeah he did he he still had in my opinion one of the most impressive pass rushes that I've seen from a young defensive end and now he comes in as a a senior but during his sophomore season against Tulane he came on the field and just bull rushed a left tackle and got a sack so you had this guy in the mix as a third down rusher oh let's go I mean give me depth like that and that's one thing that Alex Grinch has talked about. That's one thing that Lincoln Riley has talked about. They want to continue to develop depth, so you put him in that mix, even though he wasn't on the depth chart today. Lincoln talked about him, but with the the youngsters like the Marcus Triplings and the Isaiah Thomas right there with Ronnie Perkins, the best problem you can Take have. It.
2: The best problem you can have in sports is too much depth. All right. The conversation about how are we going to get everybody touches? Well, oh. best problem you can
1: have. Great question. Yeah. All right. I'm going to be curious how this one is worded. So our final fan question. We've had a couple of comments about Jalen wanting to know if they feel it's negative or if he's just overly focused and humble. Um, Is what negative? How he carries himself? Yeah. Maybe how he talks to the media, kind of how he's short with things, you know, doesn't really expound or expand too much. Um,
2: It's not great for what we do. (laughs) We like sound
1: bites, right? Exactly. Talk. Go. Oh, take take as much time as you want.
2: We like sound bites. We like uh, interesting things to be said. Um, he he doesn't say a lot of interesting things, but it's the demeanor with which he carries himself that is interesting. So uh, I think it's kind of been trained, in, partly been trained into him, mm-hmm. uh, because of his time at Alabama, and it's also a kind of a defense mechanism because of everything he's been through. Uh, the, the media, us, not here, but us, the media, have had a lot of harsh things to say about him over the last few years and fans and, and everything. So I think the the newness and the fun of having cameras in your face and doing interviews and all that kind of stuff that a lot of times, you know, you see from a freshman or a sophomore or a high school kid, hey, this is cool, I'm being interviewed by Chris Plank or by an ABC sideline reporter, Jaylen's whatever the done case done that, be.
1: man. Couldn't,
2: couldn't care less. Right. He's over that. Been there, done that, over it. So I just, I think he is laser focused, and that comes through in every aspect of his life. Now, if you ask Lincoln behind the scenes in the locker room when he's with his teammates, he's a, he's a fun-loving guy who's cutting it up and practical jokes and all that kind of stuff, and it's hard to imagine because that's not the guy he presents to the public. But um, no, I don't. I don't think it's negative at Me all. At, yeah. at all, it is just um, it's just the way he is. Uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield was unique in his own way, and I think Jalen Hurts is unique in his own way. And as long as you're putting
1: W's on the board, they both work. Lincoln Riley has seen a little bit of everything personality-wise, hasn't yeah. he? Already, in the three guys that he's right. had as starters in that room. You're not going to have many more bombastic personalities in Baker Mayfield, maybe kind of more reticent but always fiery in Kyler Murray and as focused as what you see so far from Jalen Hurts. So yeah. I personally love it. I, I think it's great. I love the challenge of, all right, what can I ask him that might get a little bit more out of him? All right, that shot, right, that shot got rejected. That question just got rejected. What can I follow up with? So, And yeah. I think he's starting to get a little bit more comfortable. Let's remember he's only been in that locker room since February, March. Yeah. So there's still a lot, I think, that he's learning as well, too. All
2: right, man. Good stuff. You ready it? for Texas Tech? I'm uh, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, this is going to be fun. We'll be on the air the – 12 n- time.
1: 9 a.m. pregame show on the Sooner Radio Network. For affiliates, go to Soonersports.com slash radio. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Soonersports.com podcast. Thank you for making this our biggest month ever. From Meg McDonald, for Zach Tilly, he's Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank. Until next time, Boomer Sooner, everybody.